Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Romans 6. All right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to share with you some revelation I received this week, been in the presence of the Lord, just spending time with Him. And, and Romans 6 comes after Romans 5. Yeah. You thought you was close to the Lord and heard from Him. I hear from Him. Amen. Romans chapter 6. It comes right after Romans 5. You're like, why tell us this, Pastor? Why? Why? Why's the big deal? Romans 5 is awesome. And, uh, and again, the whole book is. And so this is a, this is a series that we knew God kind of called us into for a time in between our family series and in between a look at the churches in Revelation. And so he's called us to kind of just focus in on grace. And so I've been learning this as I've been studying for this series, like, there's so much here. This could be like one of those two-year series that we've had before. So, but uh, it won't be, I don't think. But uh, we uh, just start realizing there's just so much there. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be assigning homework during this series. Uh, so, yeah. And so, uh, again, I want you to do this. I want you to read some of this stuff on your own that we just don't have time in here to do. All right? Could you, would you help me? Just some of them just say, I don't, I'll read the Bible. Raise your hand if you'll read the Bible. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. It makes me feel better. But uh, Romans 5, it's just awesome. If you are using the YouVersion Bible app, there are a few headings there that I like. And so it does this there. In the, if you're using the New King James Version there, or whatever version you may be, but it actually has like it, the breakdown of each of the sections in Romans 5. You'll see some very cool, very powerful like little headings there. And I just love the headings in Romans 5. They're awesome. I mean, and it does this to Romans 5. It breaks it down in threes there. And so how many knows the Lord's in that? And so I like this. These are just the headings. If you see this there, I'll just read them to you. The first heading is this, is that faith triumphs in trouble. Aren't you thankful for that? I love it. That's good. That would preach. Amen. That's just good. So read that and preach to yourself. Amen. Pastor Andrew said, encourage yourself in the Lord, man. Do that. Practice that at home. Uh, the second point was this, is that Christ in our place. So Romans 5 is a good reminder that, again, Christ took our place. He's the one who came. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful picture. And I love the third point there and that it says in Romans 5 is that death in Adam, life in Christ. All right, so again, there's death in Adam, the first Adam, but the second Adam, Christ Jesus, there's life in him. Amen? So this is a big picture and talking a lot about the goodness of grace and how powerful that is. And so now Romans 6 is, excuse me, Romans 6 is going into this now understanding of how life comes in Christ, that grace is being poured out to us. And now let's look at what Romans 6 says. In verse 1, this is what it says. After all that big, great, cool stuff about grace and about God and how good he is, number one, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
Man, we had a powerful baptism last month, and it was just incredible the number of people coming before it and just getting baptized in the water and that picture of, again, from death to life. Amen? And so we identify with, that, with, with Christ through that death, through, through what happens and through what he did for us on the cross. So therefore, we were buried with him through baptism and at death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. So this is what happens. Again, we come forth, we're, we're buried in Christ through baptism, through salvation, through what Christ did on the cross. Now, as he comes forth, this is what happens in our life. We come forth in the life. Verse 5, for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Whew, amen? Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Many people have died, that old man gone, been crucified. Amen. And so again, we've been freed from that. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. So that's the new covenant that we entered in in Jesus. So again, the new covenant, again, a covenant is only broken by death. And Jesus is not going to die again. He's already done that once, and so he will not die again. So that's when we enter into a covenant. It is only broken by death. He's not dying, so that covenant is an everlasting covenant. Amen? That's good. I love that. So again, no longer. I said this is what, again, he has for us. He's, he's been dies. No more to that. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what do we do? He says this in verse 12. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body. So if again, if sin is, is, is winning, has victory in you, we're not to let that win. Amen? We're not to let that reign in our mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And I love this, verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. Amen. For you are not under law, but under grace. The title of the message this morning is simply this, two words, under grace. Can we pray? Let's talk to him. Father, thank you again for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for who you are and for what you're doing in our lives. And God, I pray today that every person who hears this message now or in the future, God, understands more about you and understands more about your grace and live a life of thanksgiving in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, by grace. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, say, by grace. We kicked this off if you were here with us last week. If you're not, if you missed it, I encourage you, go back, listen to week one, watch that series, that uh, service. And again, we launched this new series called By Grace. And how many knows the grace of God is truly amazing? 
I mean, it really is. It is amazing. And, and, I, and I believe this. I don't think that we have even began, if we spent the next three years doing a series called By Grace, we would even be able to just scratch the surface of how good he really is. Amen? And I, I love this about grace. God doesn't give me what I, I deserve. He, he gives me, again, what he sees that I should have. And so he, he is so much better to me. He's so much better to me than I deserve today. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for his grace. And so last week we had a message called Grace Alone, the very first message in the series. And so I told you this, I gave you three things, and I don't want to just run through this too fast. I want to share these with you in case you missed it, and also just remind you of them because they're foundational. They'll help build on where we're headed. So again, number one last week is this, is that grace brings the dead to life. Come on, aren't you thankful for that? Amen. So he doesn't do this. So when grace comes into your life, or if today you open your heart up and receive the gift of it, you're not just being just taken away from being bad and now being made good. You're taken and being what was once dead and being brought to life. Amen. So that's what he does. We saw that last week in the store, that prodigal son. The father said, my son was dead, now lives again. Amen. And so this is what grace does for us. It brings the dead to life. Number two is this, is that grace sets us free from our past. Come on, somebody. Anybody bring a past in the room with them? Amen. And you know what I'm talking about. You got, a, you got one of those, man, that come, a movie could be made about your life. And, and aren't you thankful for the grace of God? And this is what I love what grace does. It sets us free from our past. And so this is, today, it means this for you. It means that whatever has happened in our life up until this moment, even if today you brought it in, all the things that are happening are still messing with you, God can set you free from every bit of past failure, sin, and shame and set you free into victory because of the grace of God. Amen? Aren't you thankful for his grace? Oh, man, I love it. It sets us free. And the third and the final one is this, is that grace is what brings salvation to us. So again, that's how you were saved. We looked at Ephesians 2. It is by grace through faith that we are saved. It's not of ourselves, all right? So again, we don't boast in this. Again, but we're thankful for the grace of God. And so we learned finally last week that grace is not a, it's not a topic, not a, not a cool you know, little you know, title for a series. It's Jesus. And so again, it's by his grace. And so today I want to do this. Today the title of the message is Under Grace. We ended the, our text today, our main text, with those words, we're no longer under law, but we're under grace. Now the word under there in the, in the Greek is a powerful word. It means under. <clears throat> Tell you, I mean, I've been with him this week. I mean, we like, he's been revealing some stuff to me, amen? But it, it, it means under. And so this is what happens. And so this is why this is so important. When we hear under grace, it is what we're supposed to be submitted to. And we'll see this. It's what's supposed to be over our life. And it is the grace of God. And so this is what's cool about it. And again, we know spiritually we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, but how many knows we're still living right here? All right, we're still here. But this is the good news. The father who sits upon the throne, when he looks down from heaven and looks at our life, if we are up underneath grace, what does he see? Jesus. He sees grace. He sees his son. He doesn't see all of the things that we've done. Well, that's better than you're acting. 
Come on, way better. Amen. It, 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 so again, we're up under grace. And so again, there's a lot, a big statement. So under grace is a big statement. And grace, there's so much to it. But I believe this also about grace. There's some, uh, some misunderstandings about grace. And so I felt like early on in the series, we should tackle a few of these. And I felt like God kind of like revealed to me a few that we should address so that as we go through this series, we have a proper understanding of grace. And so again, I believe biblically, I'll be able to make this clear, not my opinion, but I believe we'll be able to see again the importance of this. So, but number one is this, that we see it's a common misunderstanding of grace. A lot of times we get the entitlement mindset. Yeah, we get the entitlement mindset. What what does that mean, Pastor? The the entitlement mindset is that we believe somebody owes us. All right? So it's like, you know, man, you owe me this, or, you know, this is that. It, It gets us into a place, and the enemy loves to do this when he'll take us to one extreme or the other. And a lot of times he loves to get us to believe that somehow God owes us a favor. That somehow God owes us something. And, and it's been said, and I believe there's some truth to it, that we're living today in a more entitlement mindset than what we have ever seen before. You know, you can agree, disagree. It's up to you. But I believe there's some truth in that. And that, again, we have a mindset, again, because so, see, somebody owes me something. But this is the good news about Jesus. Jesus loves me in spite of me. Come on. He don't love me because of me. And I I think a lot of times we believe that, again, that he owes us something. We get the mindset a lot of times, again, that I deserve what God's given me. And that somehow he owes me something like he's God. All right? He made me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and he did. And he wants to take care of you. But he doesn't owe us anything. Oh, man, come on. And I know that's encouraging right now to you. You want to get up and run in this place right now and just stand and wave hankies at me right now. But no, it's just the truth is that, again, we're not entitled and God doesn't owe us anything. It's why I think we get the Ellie mindset. All right, the Ellie, Ellie mindset is this. Ellie is our granddaughter. If you don't know who Ellie is, I talk about her a lot. I love her. She's awesome. And, uh, and, and Ellie, the Ellie mindset is this. The Ellie mindset, my grandbaby, is that when she sees me, she thinks automatically that my world should stop when she sees us and when we walk in the room or when she walks in the room, that everything revolves around her. Now, I've done a job, I guess you could say a good job or a bad job, of making her feel that way a lot of times. Come on, amen? But we get the mindset, again, to where, again, everything revolves. And again, that she's the center of all things great, and everything revolves around her. And But this is what's going to happen. I announced this first service. It was announced on Facebook this week. Our, our, our daughter and son-in-law, Chris and Faith, are about to have another baby in May, amen? So they're going to be blessed with another second one. And so... It's grandparents 2.0, amen, we're going to be doing this. And I have one of the guys told me this. One of the guys said this, Pastor, there's no way now you're going to be able to spoil both of them. Come on, somebody. I got a witness from my grandma. I said, you watch me, bro. I'm going to try my best. But what happens a lot of times, I think we do this. I think we bring that mindset and that then sometimes those little ones grow up and they get older and somehow believe again and all things revolve around them. But the truth is this, that God owes us nothing. 
And this is what he wants us to do with grace. He wants us to come into the place where pride is not being a part of that grace thing, where we don't begin believe that, again, that's something we earn or deserve, but it's something that he freely gives. James says it this way. James will get in your business. And James says this in verse uh, 6 of chapter 4. But he gives more grace. All right? More grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Amen. So like, well, hold on now, Pastor. So is it undeserved? Is it un, un, unearned? How is it? Why is God contradicting himself? No, he's not at all. Matter of fact, you're going to hear me say some things that are like, kind of like challenging you saying, is that a contradiction? No, this is what this means, that we understand that we don't deserve this, and so we humbly become before the God who created us, and then as we humbly come to him, the grace of God is poured out on our life. So again, that's not us offering anything. That's showing that humbly we have nothing to bring. Whew, amen. We have nothing to give that, des- that deserves this. And so, again, we do it this way. We do it like Jesus said it in Luke chapter 14, verse 11, red letters, words of Jesus. He says this, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled. <laughs> and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So this is what happens. We're not looking at God saying, you owe me anything. We're looking at God in a way of thanksgiving to him. And we are so appreciative of what he does for us and what he has provided through grace. And so we don't make statements. And I heard this. I was watching a video this week. A pastor was having a conversation with someone on the street. And I love watching those things for some reason. And, and they were having this conversation. And the guy makes this statement of something along the lines of, you know, this loving God, he won't send anyone to hell. And I was like, oh, you know, I guess there's like some, some truth in that. Again, because, again, hell was never provided and made for you. It was provided for the devil and his angels. Amen. That's what it was made for. But this is what happens. This is what it means. It doesn't just mean that God's just going to, by his grace, let's let everything, everybody go. Let everybody come in. It's just, it doesn't work that way. It, it, it's, matter of fact, it's, it's just, it just blows my mind that we would see, again, even those statements being made. And I think we ask the wrong questions so many times. It's like instead of saying, like, how could this loving God do this, send someone to hell, I, I start looking at things and saying, if, this, if, if hell is real, then, then he, why did he do this? Why does, what does this loving God do to keep people from going there? So what does this loving God do to keep people from going there? He doesn't send us there. He doesn't do that. We make the decision to reject him. We make the decision to push away from the grace of God that's been provided. So the answer to the question is what would this loving do to keep people from going there? He would step out of heaven himself, come down to earth, get on a cross, die in our place for our sin and shame. That's what he would do. That's what Jesus does for us. And I love it. I mean, it's a verse, man. You, you've heard this verse if you've been around. He, it, first, uh, chapter, uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. Listen to this word, man. It's so powerful. For God so loved the world. He so loved us. Why did he do it? He loves us. He loves the world. He gave his only begotten son 
that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is eternal life. And so today, this is what happens. If someone goes to hell, it's not because God sent them there. It's because they walk past the brutalized, crucified body of Jesus and forfeited eternal heaven, forfeited eternal life, and rejected the God who loved them so much, and they rejected the grace. That's how that happens. And so again, but God did this. He provided a better way. And I don't deserve his grace. And so I'm thankful. So if you see me like lifting my hands, why are you doing that, Pastor? I'm thankful. Because I know I don't deserve that. He doesn't owe me anything, but he did this for me. Amen. And so tell your neighbor today and say this, man, God's grace is better than you realize. Oh, man, it is so much better than you realize he's just so good to us amen so number one again we realize we're not an entitlement mindset i'm not coming to god saying yeah you owe me god no we we understand again we're thankful for it number two is it's huge number two is this another mindset that we have we have the nothing mindset all right so again so i'm I'm, just a few verses to help us understand this a little bit more call again the nothing mindset verse one and two again it said this he said what shall we then uh, say shall we continue in sin that grace abound certainly not how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it this is how he said to do it it was down in verse 12 where he said to do this therefore don't let sin reign in your mortal body don't let it happen don't let this happen. So again, it does not have to. We can't look at this, this big uh, world that we're living in and just say, I'm just overwhelmed by the world. Everything's destroying my life. Again, that's, that's the, the Satan's bigger than what I, I think. And man, he's taking everything. No, listen, don't let it happen. Jesus provided victory for us. And so he said this, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies and that you should obey in its lust. And so this is what we see. We have the mindset, the nothing mindset is believing a couple of things. First of all, we get the belief now, again, because we've received it and it's by grace, then we have nothing to do. All right, And that's contrary to what we even read last week. We saw last week that we were, again, we're saved by grace through faith. Again, it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. And he said this, we're his workmanship created for good works. So we can't say this. Well, just the grace of God, man, I have nothing to do. Now, I'm like, right, please don't understand. I'm not saying you had to do anything again to get saved. Once you're saved, once you receive the grace of God, once the grace of God is poured into your life, now are we doing this? Are we walking in and operating in the good works? that he's given us because if we're not we're saying i'm good with with verses eight and nine of ephesians two but ten doesn't apply they all go together and so it all works with us and so we see this so that nothing mindset is this it's just god's grace i got to do he owes me anyway no 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 i'm thankful for the grace and so therefore i walk in the work and the purposes and the plans pastor andrew was saying earlier get a part of and become a part of our faith track and so you can do this. You can find your purpose. You can get be, and become a part. Find the giftings that you have. You're all called. And so, again, we see this. So there are some things that we do after we receive the grace of God. This is it. We work for him. We honor him. We give our life to him. That's true. That's what we see in Scripture. And we also see the other, other end of the nothing mindset is this. Well, there's nothing I can do to separate me from, again, fellowship with the Father. Now, if you think this, you're not saying, well, man, ain't that true? No, there's nothing that we can do to separate us from the love of the Father. 
man, I know this is making you feel good today. You're excited, you're excited but it's important. Again, that there is nothing today that we can do to separate us from the love of the Father. Nothing can separate us. I mean, it's just there. The love will always be there. But there are things that we do in our life, there are decisions and choices that we make that can separate us from fellowship with the Father. Anybody witnesses to that in, in this house? Amen. There are many people who, again, who have stories. You're, again, it could be a movie about your life. Again, that we've seen this. And this is, these are places that we've all been. None of the places that I'm speaking of today are not places that I'm speaking of that have not come from experience. I've been in all these areas. There have been moments and times where, God, you owe me. There's been taunt moments in time where, man, there, there, you know, again, it's what I do, it's what I... It, this is, this is huge here. This is big. There are things in our life that we can do to separate us from fellowship with the Father. Ask the prodigal son. And you're miserable outside of that relationship. So again, if you have been received, been a receiver of the grace of God, begin to let the works of God flow through your life again because of what he's done. And so this is what happens. We see this. I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 10, we see where he wrote that in verse 26 through 31. This is huge. Verse 26 says, for if we sin willfully, Willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. What? I thought this thing, hold on, this is the Bible just as much as other parts. Verse 27, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment, fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. He's referring to the law. Again, we've learned. We're not under law. We're under grace. So again, people have taken that. That means, again, I have nothing to do. It has nothing to do with me. I believe he answers it here. He says it this way. Again, we see how the law works. Now let's look at grace. Verse 29. Of how much more, how much worse punishment do you suppose he will he be uh, thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was uh, sanctified a common thing? So he's saying this, man, that blood that was shed, what Christ did for me, that work, all those things, the covenant that I have, that's just, that's not a big deal. Listen, he's saying here, this is huge. It's and have insulted the spirit of grace. I thought it was grace. I mean, we didn't have anything to do. No, we can insult it. There are things, again, that we do in our life. We miss it. And, again, there are things that God's calling us to do. Again, for the believer, those who said yes to him. In verse 30, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. And, again, the Lord will judge his people, and it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Sounds like something, again, we see like, man, just in OT, they repeat it. They say this stuff in the New Testament because this is just as true. Again, if we have received the grace of God, we should walk in it. We should live in it and, again, do the work that he's called us to do. So the nothing mindset, I believe biblically, again, just as wrong as the entitlement mindset. Number three is this, and it's just, I believe, just as wrong, and it's the opposite of number two. It's the everything mindset. Now, the everything mindset is one of those mindsets, again, where you think this, that it has everything to do with you. 
All right, please understand, this is what we know about this. This is the truth here that we see again. It is not about us. This, again, this is about what Christ has done for us. And so, again, you get in the mindset where you start believing, again, certain things. Again, there's, there's nothing that we can do, again, that can, uh, again, separate me from God or walk out of his purposes and all those types of things. We can get also the mindset of, like, everything that I do wrong, God pushes me away. That's not God. That's not his grace. This is what God does for those. He loves us. And again, he was waiting on the son. He was waiting and looking for the son to come. The father was pursuing him. And I lived my life, man. I spent a lot of time growing up. I got saved literally every night. Amen. Every night before I went to bed, I got saved every night just in case. Jesus came during the night. Amen. And and if I did anything, because again, it was so much pressure put on me. I put so much on myself that everything resulted in, again, what I could do, how well I did, how well I performed. And again, it was like my righteousness, what I can do. And the Bible says this about our righteousness, ours. It's this filthy rags. So the best I have to offer God cannot get me there. And so some of us, maybe you're thinking, man, that like, you know, there's good things that I can do. I can be a good person. I can help someone. I can, I can do good things, and that's going to be my thing. Everything, again, revolves around what I do. Everything, is, it, it means by me being good gets me to heaven. Now, being good, again, it makes you know, earth better. You know what I'm saying? I believe you can step into some promises that God has for you here on earth, but it will not get you into heaven. And this is what the Bible says. We saw this where he says that it is the righteousness of God. And righteousness means this. Righteousness gives us a right to stand before God. Oh, man, aren't you thankful? Again, the righteousness of God. We have the right to stand before this God. So I'm not coming to him in in like Ellie mindset saying, man, aren't you thankful that I showed up? All right, I'm not coming before him saying, yeah, aren't I blessed? I got a bed, came to church. God, aren't you pleased? Amen. I don't have that mindset. I'm coming before him because I have a right to be there because of what Jesus has done. And so I have a right to stand there. So our righteousness does this. Our righteousness gives us a right to come before him, not saying he owes it to me. I deserve it or I don't. I just come before him because I have a right to be there. Because, again, what Christ has done. This is what happens a lot of times. Our righteousness gets in the way. Romans 10, verse 3 says it this way. And, again, it says our righteousness. Again, it's what we do compared to his. Verse 3 says this. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Ignorant, again, lack of knowledge, not understanding. Again, the righteousness of God. How good it is that he gives us the right to come before him. That it is through what Christ did. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness... And seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So so for us today, this is how this works. If we believe, again, that we can get to God or have a right to be there without first coming underneath God and his plan, we're badly, badly mistaken. And so this is what we see here. This is the truth of this. He said, we have not submitted to the righteousness of God. I love the word submit. Submit means this. It means, again, that we are to come under. The title of this message was simply this. It's under grace. 
And so we do this. We come up underneath the righteousness of God. We come up underneath the grace of God. And again, when, when the Father looks from heaven, he sees the Son in us. He doesn't see our sin or our shame. It is the grace of God. And again, we learned last week that he has seated us, the Bible says, in heavenly places with Christ. And I thought this for so long that my performance determined my position. That that what I did here puts me there. No, it is the position and place that he has put me in that now I can have the performance and walk in the purposes and the plan that God has for me and you. Amen. So this is what Christ does. And I love it. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says this. It says that for he made him. This is the Father speaking about the Son of what Christ did for us. For he made him who knew no sin. And if you don't know, there's only one of them. It's Jesus. There's, there's no one else. There's no, nobody else qualifies. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. So when Christ got on the cross, when Jesus gave his life, do you understand that he was taking on all the sin and shame? All the things that, again, in our life that we've done, doing it, they will do. All the sin of the world was taken and it was placed upon him. And it says this, for the one who knew no sin became the sin, again, for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Listen, this word become is, is the word where, again, he makes us into this is where you'll see this same word if you, if, you, if you look where Jesus calls his disciples to follow him. And he said it this way. He said, I'll make you fishers of men. All right, same word. Study it out. Incredible study. And so, again, this is what it means. That, again, he takes and he makes them fishers of men because we know this about them. If you read the Bible, man, they dropped the ball, messed up, denied. I mean, so much there that they missed. But he said this about them. I'll make you fishers of men. And this is what he says about us today, that we will become the righteousness of God. He makes us righteous. It's not, again, what we earn, what we deserve, or what we can do. It is the gift of God to us. And so, again, our relationship with Jesus, everything flows out of our understanding that he is the one who has made us the righteousness of God in him. I'm going to ask you to do this, please. Stand with me. And once you stand, I want you to do this, if you would, just as quick as you stand, just if you would immediately just take a moment and just bow your heads today. And I want you to do this this morning. I want you to just today, to just let today the Holy Spirit just speak to your life. I told you this morning, man, that I can identify, again, speaking from place experience of moments where I, like, felt entitled. Moments where I felt like, man, there's times where I had nothing to offer. There's been times where I feel like I was doing okay. But again, we know this today about the grace of God. It is undeserved and unearned. It is a gift of God. And we do this. Salvation comes to us by that grace. And if today we're under the grace of God, and the Father looks down from heaven, He sees the Son, He sees the grace of God over you. And that brings so much hope for us today. It brings so much hope for us today. So I want to ask you this morning to do this. If you would, just as you bow your heads and as you close your eyes, even at home, if you can take a moment, just pause what you're doing and just stop and take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit today. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today through this message? 
I mean, there's been places and times where I've been again in these places of, 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 of each one of these day, three things today. I'm talking about after being a Christian. After being where I thought I had something to give, after being where I thought I had nothing that God could do through me. Listen, so today, it doesn't mean if you're, you're, not a, you're not a Christian because you can connect and identify today with some of these things. But if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, if you haven't put your hope in him, and if you have not received the grace of God that, that comes from us, again, by grace but through faith, today this is the truth. Heaven will not be our home apart from the grace of God. Apart from us putting our faith in that, hope and our belief in that. That word faith means that we fully rely on and we just fully surrender to. So again, that reminds us, I'm not bringing anything today to him except a willingness just to surrender, man. And this is what God can do with your yes. He can change your life. He can change your family's life. He can change this crazy world we're in. And it's by our yes to him. And and this morning, listen, I want to ask specifically to every person in this room, have you said yes to Jesus? Have you accepted the grace of God? Have you surrendered your life to him in full? I'm talking about letting it all go. And just fully, as that word says, faith, through faith, by grace, have you fully relied, fully just surrendered everything over to him right now? If you had, you know what I'd love to do? love to introduce you to Jesus. You know, we have prayer team right now, and if you guys are part of the prayer team, just begin to go right now to the stations and throughout the room. You know what these guys would love to do? They would love to introduce you to Jesus. They'd love to pray with you. They'd love to pray for you right now. First of all, I want to speak to you. I want to speak to some right now, even just the Holy Spirit speaking in my heart, that just watching right now online. This is what God's calling you into, just a place of surrender to Him. Just a place of where you say yes to Him. And it is by grace, again, because His love, He doesn't owe us this, but He sure loves us and wants to give it to us. We don't deserve this, but He sure wants to pour it into our life. And all He's saying is this, just surrender. Quit running, come to me. So today, if, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, I want to introduce you to him. Just so right there where you're at this morning, if that's you watching online, let us know. In this room right now, if that's you, just say this today. If you haven't surrendered your life to the Lord and you want to say yes to him, right where you're standing, say, Father, I come to you. God, I know today that I need your grace. I need your grace. I know today I don't deserve it. But I know today I need it. I need Jesus in my life. And I believe the grace of God right now, Lord, is being poured in my direction. And I just want to receive the gift of salvation today. I want to put my full faith in you, Lord. I want to put my full surrender, my full heart, my full life in your hands. I want to be under your grace today. So I receive you now. I believe the message of grace from my life and the gospel is true for me. And I receive you now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Just as heads are still bowed, I just still close. If you surrendered your life to Jesus right now, just lift up your hand. Yeah, just lift it up. Praise God. Who else? Just lift it up. Just surrender. Say, I mean, I gave my life to Jesus. God bless you. I surrendered everything over to him today. God 
bless you. Thank you, Father. We encourage you to take the next steps. Get baptized. Follow up and get, get connected. Help us help you just walk in this journey, man, and f- fulfill the plan that God has for you. Because he's that good for you. Amen. And I want to do this this morning. We saw God do this in our first service. Man, and he's here right now to move in lives. He's, move, he's here, to, here to move in, in, in situations right now. We believe in prayer in this church. We believe in prayer in this church. So if you're watching at home, we want you to know this. We're about to be praying. We're about to be taking these to the Lord. Let us know how we can pray for you. But there are those in this room right now, you need prayer today. You need those who just, again, have faith right now and who believe in the message of grace right now. You need them to pray with you. So if you need prayer for any reason, as the worship team continues to minister in a song, you need prayer for any reason at all, just step out. We have prayer team available throughout the room. Or maybe you just want to just come hang out get with God for the next few moments. You can come and kneel. You can come and stand. You can come and pray. But do this today. If you need prayer, come. Yeah, come. Praise God. God bless you. Come. Who else? Just say, I need prayer today. Just come. And this morning today, just do this. Understand this. If you don't need prayer today, if you're not praying for someone else, take these next few moments. Take these next few moments and just worship the Lord and just thank Him for His grace, knowing that it's undeserved, knowing the day that He's blessed you with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org.